Hi, welcome to Grace Intersect. The goal of this podcast is to help us have an increasingly clear understanding of grace. My name is Jerry Moldenhauer. Thank you for joining us today. Her name was Sharon. I'd give more details, but in today's techie world, that may be enough for someone to put everything together. We were in the sixth grade in a large Midwestern city. She had moved from a southern state a few weeks after school had started. Do you remember your first crush? You know, that first time feelings of infatuation that hit you and you don't know what to do with them? You knew the feelings were connected to a particular person. You knew you liked the feelings, so you must really like that person. Or did the feelings follow liking the person? Who knows, especially at that age. So, do you remember your first crush? What's that person's name? Can you still see their face? Do you remember your most common settings together? School, church, playground, neighbor? What happened inside of you every time you saw that person? Does it bother you even a little how well you remember that time? What does that tell you? Do you remember how those feelings messed up your relationship with that person? How awkward you were around them? Needing to make a good impression was taken for granted, but what kind of good impression? What approach should you take when you encounter that special person? What about the strategies that were developed to be sure that you could connect with them in just the right way, the time and place? And how well were you doing with the competition? After all, if others weren't interested in the same person, they probably shouldn't be pursued. Feelings sure are powerful and sometimes with long-lasting impact. Sharon was quite attractive, taller than most boys and friendly, quite a confident type who could get along with everyone. She seemed to come from an affluent family. We guys were immediately drawn to her. She seemed to like the attention and didn't let on if she had any favorites. But among the guys, a pecking order soon began to emerge. I don't remember being anywhere close to the top. I was too short. The guys maneuvering for the top spot were all bigger. Eventually, all I could do was observe from the sidelines. However, this led to one of my very first serious lessons about love. I understood and assumed love for family and even somewhat for close friends, but romantic love was, well, maybe this was the birthing pain for it. Having lost out on the crush of my life, a new plan had to emerge. Once those feelings of infatuation had been experienced, they were too good not to keep having. However, nobody else in school or elsewhere caught my attention. So, with childlike faith, I called on a higher power for help. I didn't know if God was going to answer my prayer, but it couldn't hurt to try. I specifically requested that God send a girl from California to enroll in our class. Of course, I assumed God would know everything else required. Tall, good looks, friendly, affluent, you get the picture. Well, sure enough... In what seems like was probably just three or four weeks later, a new female student shows up. She wasn't as tall as Sharon, but still taller than I was. She was shy. She was obviously poor. She was not at all what I had expected should that prayer get answered. But she was from California. What in the world was going on? Why would God do this? California was the only thing he got right. Seriously, I was in turmoil. This was important stuff. If this was an answer to my prayer, then I needed to act on it. But I really didn't want to. There was no infatuation. Instead of having a crush, I was crushed. One thing became apparent. There was not going to be any competition for this girl. 
She maybe had a female friend or two, but the guys basically ignored her. I wish I remembered her name. Probably for the first time in my life, I began to realize that there was a difference between infatuation and what we call love. While not having any romantic tendencies toward this California girl, I did begin to have feelings. I felt sorry for her. She was shy, poor, and seemed lonely. I began to care about her as a person, not as a potential romantic interest. If it wasn't for my specific prayer for a girl from California, I may not have given this girl any particular attention. I don't remember feeling obligated, but more like this is someone God cares about and she's here because he wants me to connect with her in some way. It was all quite vague, yet it couldn't be easily ignored. During the rest of the school year, we became casual friends. She was more friendly with me than any other guy, but still not very close. I don't remember her sharing anything about her family except that she had several siblings. I never told her about my prayer. When the year was over, we went on to a large junior high, and I don't think we ever met again. Oh, and the Sharon crush got lost in the new world of a more genuine love. While there were later times of infatuation of sorts, the romantic feelings, though somewhat experienced in teen and adult years, those were significantly influenced by a desire to have something that only a serious love could provide. We all have this soul-deep need for love and to love. We crave it. There's something about loving and being loved that gives purpose and meaning to living. But how does that work? What does that look like? What kind of love are we talking about? Love has to be more than emotional infatuation. That is a roller coaster built on a shaky foundation. It doesn't have much of a future. Love has to be more than physical attraction. That is subject to change beyond our control. Love has to be more than liking someone immensely. Things change and what we liked about someone may change. Or we may not like something about someone as much as we thought we once did. Love has to be more than caring about someone. That's a matter of degree and also subject to change. And for certain, love can't be about what's in it for me especially when at the expense of another. It's like ultimate love is a spiritual experience. It goes beyond the physical, emotional, mental, or personality aspects of each of us. For me, this is quite profound. I believe love is an energy, a power, a creative force. Love is infinite, without beginning or end. Love is all-knowing and intelligent. Love, in a word, is perfection. And love is an entity, an actual person, a spiritual person. We may call this person God. Though a spiritual entity, he has revealed himself to us. He has done so with purpose and for great significance. You have heard it said, and I believe it's true, God is love. If so, this means we were created by love. That must mean we are most fulfilled and complete when we experience love, when we experience God. So we experience love when we are in relationship with God. That was God's purpose for creating us, for us to be in a love relationship with Him. We are created for love. In an earlier episode of Grace Intersect, the story of Adam and Eve gave explanation to what happened to the love relationship between us and God. Why it broke down and how it can be restored were questions addressed. It might be good to revisit those thoughts in light of these thoughts. By way of review, a love relationship requires the freedom to make choices, even choices that result in negative consequences for the relationship. Mankind made poor choices. Those poor choices introduced them to imperfection. 
This not only perverted their relationship with a perfect God, it also introduced death. The imperfect had to die. There is no way for the imperfect to make itself perfect, but there is a way for the perfect to redeem imperfection. God the Father allowed His Son, who was perfect, to die on behalf of now imperfect mankind. The perfect died to rescue those who were imperfect. One perfect person, Jesus, died once. That was sufficient for all mankind to regain a perfect, loving relationship with God. Of course, the freedom to choose to accept His perfection is necessary because a love relationship is the goal. God raised Jesus from the dead. Perfect love conquered death. This is passed on to those who are in a love relationship with God. This is God's grace at work. He didn't have to do all this for us. We deserve to live and die in the cesspool of our imperfections. We deserve death. In and of ourselves, we have nothing but imperfection to offer God. That isn't the kind of relationship God wants. God is love. He loves His creation and wants to be in perfect relationship with them. That can only happen if they too are perfect. Knowing they couldn't do anything to become perfect and that death was their end, he took it upon himself to see the whole process through. He graciously gave perfection to his creation. His grace is a gift of love. He did everything for us to be in loving relationship with him except one thing. He isn't forcing us to choose his love gift of grace. To be in perfect relationship with Him, we need to decide if we want Him to make us perfect. We need to decide if we want to accept His grace. If we choose not to accept His grace, He won't love us any less. He continues to desire our love relationship. But a love relationship with God isn't possible if we don't love Him. We only can love Him when we allow Him to make us perfect. When we do, we are in an eternal love relationship. We are experiencing God. We are experiencing love. We are experiencing perfection. We are spiritually complete and fulfilled. One biblical writer puts it this way, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. God's grace is that amazing. When it intersects with our lives and we choose a love relationship with God, We discover the adventure of an eternal lifetime. We have all that God has prepared for us. Our future is now and forever. What an awesome God. Oh, how He loves you and me. The last two episodes of Grace Intersect have been about weddings. My son, Stephen, and his wife, Maddie, and then about Paula and my wedding. Weddings are about love. For most of us, that's why we're married because we loved someone enough to want to spend the rest of our lives together. We craved a love relationship and found it in our spouse. One thing that becomes apparent in the most loving of dating, engagements, and marriages is that no matter how much we wish otherwise, our love is limited. It is incomplete. It is not perfect. We experience emotions in the relationship we don't always know what to do with. Sometimes what we found attractive physically deteriorates. Even the chemistry that was so to our liking at one time loses its pull. What we thought we liked in someone may change as they change and or we have changed what we like. Maybe we still care about our spouse, but the routine of work, intensity of parenting, battling unexpected health issues, financial instability, complications with extended family or people at work, 
social media upheaval, being a crime victim, all of these and more drain our ability to show love like we once did. This is life, and it's anything but perfect. And how we respond to it is anything but perfect. Do we even know what love is anymore? What we do know is that we are stuck with these kind of relationships. Our imperfection and their imperfection guarantees a less than perfect love. We can compare our love relationship with other couples, but that just grades on the curve. We can try to measure our love quality by ideal characteristics, but that really just shows us where we are still failing. We live in a broken world, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. But God has provided the opportunity to experience a love relationship with Him spiritually. That is the part of us that can live with Him forever. He promises our permanent perfection with Him in a loving relationship, if we want it. This impacts how we live here and now. His grace has given us a new spirit and new heart that connects directly with His spiritually. He has given us His perfection to be in love with Him. He spiritually mentors us. He helps renew our minds. Our desire is to become more like Him. God, who is love, who is perfection, moves inside us, giving us His loving perfection. Our behaviors in this physical world are still influenced by our residual life experiences, the broken life environment, and adversaries, both physical and spiritual. But even those behaviors can become increasingly aligned with His desires for us. As we better know His love, we know better how to live it out within ourselves and with each other. In our humanity, we don't love perfectly, but all that is true love is perfect. Infatuation is maybe where we begin to think love starts for us, but as we accept God as love and, through His grace, love Him, our growth in and understanding of love deepens our relationship with Him and each other. To know God is to know love. What a God of love we have! One who is willing to share his love with us so we can share it with each other. Oh, if you want to check out more about the Adam and Eve episode, it is number five of Grace Intercept called Adam and Eve Chose Poorly. Thank you for listening today. My name is Jerry Moldenhauer, and this is the Grace Intersect podcast. As we process grace together, please know that your thoughts and or questions are welcome. Comments may be made at the graceintersect.com website or by emailing comments at graceintersect.com. Have a great day.